When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Christina May Watson, nicknamed Tina, was born in West Germany on February 13, 1977. She was relocated to the United States while still a baby and eventually legally adopted by Tommy and Cindy Thomas. David Gabriel, known as Gabe Watson, met Tina while they were students at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, and they began dating in January of 2001. Despite an earlier diagnosis of tachycardia, with encouragement from her husband, Tina began scuba diving lessons in January of 2003 and earned her certification just before her wedding to Gabe on October 11, 2003. The couple had planned a scuba trip in the Great Barrier Reef for their honeymoon. Gabe was purportedly a qualified certified rescue diver. With experience diving in the lake at Oak Mountain State Park in Alabama, Gabe had completed 55 dives by the time of their marriage, and Tina had only completed 5, or possibly 11, depending on the source. As a certified diver myself, I find that it is important to note that 55 dives does not mean 55 separate days of diving. A diver could technically complete, say, four to five dives in one single day if they desired. And during the first level of scuba certification, most people end the course having experienced about five loggable dives. So it is unclear if Tina had even gone diving outside of her initial certification course, where she would have been closely monitored in a predictable environment. There's a big difference between diving in a clear, stagnant, freshwater quarry and the unpredictable ocean. But anyway, the couple flew to Sydney before heading to Townsville, Australia for their honeymoon. Even though Gabe had limited open ocean experience and Tina had never dived in the ocean or assertedly below 30 feet before, they chose to dive the popular yet difficult wreck of the SS Yangla, 
a passenger ship that sank in 1911. The dive company had offered an orientation and guided dive with a dive master, but the couple had refused. At around 10:30 a.m. on October 22, 2003, the first day of their dive trip, during an excursion from the dive boat Spoil Sport to the site of the SS Yangla, Tina lost consciousness and sank to the bottom, 98 feet below the water's surface. Within a few minutes of beginning the dive, Gabe claimed the currents were stronger than they expected, and that he responded to a signal from Tina. To return to the dive rope, when he went to help Tina, he noted a look of worry on her face before she accidentally knocked his mask and air regulator loose. When Gabe recovered his sight, Tina was sinking too quickly for him to retrieve her, and he quickly surfaced to get help. He also stated that an ear problem prevented him from diving deeper to help her, and that there was nothing in his training as a rescue diver about how to get somebody in trouble to the surface. Gabe climbed aboard the Spoil Sport and alerted dive instructor Wade Singleton, who brought Tina to the surface after ten minutes underwater. She was taken aboard the adjacent dive boat Jazz Two. Where a doctor tried to resuscitate her for 40 minutes, while Gabe remained on the spoil sport, but she was unable to be revived. One diver nearby at the time that witnessed the couple, named Dr. Stanley Stutz, saw Gabe engaged in an underwater bear hug with his flailing wife. After which he headed for the surface, while Tina fell to the ocean floor. It was later discovered after one diver, Gary Stempler, had developed his diving photos that he had photographed Tina by chance while taking a picture of his own wife. The eerie photo showed Tina in the background, lying face up on the ocean floor. The day following Tina's death, an autopsy was performed by Professor David Williams. Williams found evidence of air embolism, but no degenerative disease. He gave the cause of death as drowning, due to the unexpected nature of Tina's death and the conflicting statements later given by Gabe. The death was investigated by the state coroner's office. Gabe had already left Australia by this point and declined to return, so he gave evidence through his lawyers. During the investigation, prosecutors submitted evidence that Gabe's story contradicted the record of his actions stored by his dive computer. A dive computer is a watch-like device that tracks a swimmer's dive. Prosecutors suggested the possibility that he turned off Tina's regulator and held her until she was unconscious, then turned the air back on and let her sink before surfacing himself. As evidence, they made reenactments of various scenarios of what happened. The reenactments were conducted by police divers. Tina's family, who say they were never close with Gabe Watson, reportedly grew suspicious of their then son-in-law after Tina's father, Tommy Thomas, received a phone call from an experienced diver who was on the couple's diving trip. The diver, Ken Snyder. Told Thomas he didn't believe Gabe Watson's story about how his wife died. Tina's father claimed that Gabe had asked Tina shortly before their wedding to increase her life insurance and make him the sole beneficiary. Tina was buried in Alabama. 
her remains were exhumed in 2007 and moved to a different lot bought by Gabe. After being informed by her family that flowers and gifts were repeatedly being vandalized or disappearing from the gravesite, even when chained down, police surveillance videos showed Gabe removing them with bolt cutters and throwing them in trash cans. Gabe said that he removed them because he knew Tina wouldn't have wanted plastic flower arrangements that would fade in the sun. She would have wanted the fresh flowers that he provided. He later said that when he removed the plastic flowers, he was still going through the grieving process and wasn't thinking clearly on everything he did. After much resistance, Gabe traveled voluntarily from the U.S. to Australia in May of 2009 to face trial. At the trial on June 5, 2009, he pleaded not guilty to murder and guilty to manslaughter. A prosecutor pointed out that over time, Gabe had given police 16 different versions of what had happened to Tina and that none of those versions matched what the eyewitness had seen. When Tina was brought to the surface, her regulator was still in her mouth, her tank still had air, and tests indicated no faults with her equipment. The prosecutor described Gabe as an experienced diver trained in rescuing panicked divers who had allowed his wife to sink to the ocean floor without making any serious attempt to retrieve her. Gabe was sentenced to four and a half years in prison, but only served 12 months. Watson had even remarried before serving his time in Queensland. Tina's family stated that Gabe's 12-month term was an embarrassment to Australia. The day following the trial, Alabama Attorney General Troy King put in an appeal with the Queensland Supreme Court and also wrote to the Queensland Attorney General. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The Queensland Director of Public Prosecutions issued a statement which said, the decision to accept Mr. Watson's plea of guilty to manslaughter was made after a careful and thorough examination of the admissible evidence and was not taken lightly. Given the complex circumstantial nature of the case, Mr. Watson's admission that he breached his duty to render assistance to his wife ultimately meant there was no reasonable prospect of proving beyond a reasonable doubt that he was guilty of murder. The Alabama Attorney's Appeal was heard by the Queensland Court of Appeals on July 17, 2009. The court was asked to increase Gabe's prison term to two and a half years, 
The defense argued that Gabe had a momentary lapse in judgment, had been accused of a crime he did not commit, and had voluntarily returned to Australia to cooperate with the court, and that the penalty imposed by the trial judge was fair and just. Two members allowed the prosecution's appeal, increasing Gabe's period of incarceration by six months to a total of 18. In May of 2010, the Alabama Attorney General announced he had information not yet made public and wanted to try Gabe for capital murder and kidnapping, asserting jurisdiction based on the theory that the alleged crime was planned in Alabama. The Attorney General petitioned Australia for the evidence held by police, but was refused access until he gave a pledge that the death penalty would not be imposed on Gabe as required under Australian law. In response to the announcement, Gabe's parents came to the defense of their son, breaking their public silence on the case. Friends and family of Gabe questioned whether he had any motive for the murder, noting that his affection for Tina had seemed genuine. There was actually no life insurance policy naming him as a beneficiary, and he appeared to be emotionally devastated for an extended time following her death. On November 25, 2010, Gabe was deported to the United States and immediately arrested. The Alabama trial date was set for February 13, 2012, and Gabe was released on a $100,000 bond. In 2011, the probate court removed Gabe as an administrator of Tina's estate and appointed her father, who also requested that her school and college pictures and yearbooks be returned. Gabe appealed against the ruling and refused to provide the court with an inventory of Tina's possessions. Colin McKenzie, a key diving expert in the original investigation, who had maintained that a diver with Watson's training should have been able to bring Tina up, later retracted much of his testimony after being provided with Tina and Gabe's diver logs, certificates, and medical histories, to which he had not previously had access. Colin then claimed Gabe should not have been allowed in the water and never as a dive buddy for his wife, who had no open water scuba experience. Even though Tina had heart surgery to correct an irregular heartbeat two years earlier, her dive application had stated that she had never had heart problems or surgery. Professor Michael Bennett, a leading expert in dive medicine, stated that Tina was unfit to dive without clearance from a cardiologist. In addition, it was found that Gabe had received his rescue certification, normally a four-day course, after completing a two-day course in an Alabama quarry. He had no rescue experience and very little open water experience. Colin McKenzie is quoted saying that Gabe could barely save himself, let alone his wife. Revelations that Gabe needed help to put on his diving equipment the day of the incident underscored that Gabe was actually a, quote, dangerous amateur who showed a complete lack of courage when he abandoned his wife. As stated previously, the dive company had offered an orientation and guided dive with a dive master, which both Tina and Gabe had refused. Company head Mike Ball said as people took Watson at his word, believing he was an experienced and certified rescue diver, 
The company later pleaded guilty to failing to comply with safety standards and was fined. Ken Snyder, the man who reportedly called to tell Tina's father of his suspicions, told the Alabama court that Gabe Watson's version of events is not plausible. Meanwhile, Snyder's wife, Paula, described Gabe Watson as panic-struck after his wife died. She said she asked what she could do, and Gabe said he could use a hug, so she hugged him. Paula said Watson was in a trance and kept going over what happened. Prosecutors claimed Watson expected to collect $130,000 in life insurance after Tina died, or $165,000 depending on the source. But Watson's lawyers argue that he did not collect a penny following his wife's death since her father was the beneficiary and the life insurance amount was only $33,000. Gabe was also denied any of his travel insurance money. An Australian police officer testified that Watson was calm and cooperative until he was told he could not have his dive computer back. Apparently, Gabe and his wife had quickly returned to the boat at the beginning of the dive because Gabe's dive computer was beeping, indicating that the battery was incorrectly installed. Upon fixing the battery, they resumed their dive. Prosecutors contend that was a ploy to get his wife away from other divers to kill her. Gabe's defense claimed that Gabe and Tina had chosen a dive on a part of the Great Barrier Reef that was known for its red flag conditions and strong currents. Tina's equipment also consisted of 20 pounds worth of weights, which were too heavy for her to adequately manage. Tina had reportedly panicked once during her quarry diving class in a flooded suburban rock quarry. Gabe's lawyer suggested that she may have panicked again in the fatal dive. Financial constraints made it difficult to compile enough evidence for the Alabama case. Prosecutors could not afford to produce key witnesses from Australia and were unable to present key evidence constructed by Australian police. Police also uncovered an email that Watson had sent the dive operator five months before the honeymoon, inquiring about the diving conditions at the SS Yangala site. An employee replied that because Tina was an inexperienced diver, she should either take an orientation dive or not dive at the site at all. Neither happened, and the email contradicted Watson's statements to police after Tina's death that he didn't know anything about the dive before we did it. The judge refused to allow the evidence to be used because the employee was unable to testify. The judge also refused to allow Tina's father to testify that Watson had asked his daughter to increase the value of her life insurance policy. He also ruled that evidence of Gabe's strange behavior regarding removing flowers from Tina's gravestone following Tina's death was not allowable. The Alabama judge decided there was not enough evidence to continue proceedings and threw the case out. Gabe Watson served no further time in prison. So, did Gabe Watson murder his wife? Personally, I think there may be a possibility that he did murder her, it's certainly hard to tell with all the conflicting accusations in this case, 
and many of the articles on the case have contrasting or confusing statements about the timeline of events, making the case even more difficult to piece together. If he didn't murder his wife, perhaps Gabe Watson was just way too arrogant about his diving abilities and got himself into this sticky situation. He neglected to get the proper support of a guide during the dive, and reassured his wife with a serious medical condition that she would be fine during this advanced dive, since he was such an experienced diver, even though she was barely certified. What do you think? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.